What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I define League MX as the shooter shot league. You do expect higher performances and better things from Club Americas, but it's the inconsistency. With the oh, thing isn't with this inconsistent, though? I will maintain that the U.S. men's national team came out to the knockout round despite terrible coaching. Like, they have a student discount, maybe, to go to a pool <laughs> Like, they got it, right? No. <laughs> Take that next step. I think it's still undisputed that you have to go to Europe. He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority the, of the No, look back at highlights. No, that's, if that's you have... That's the Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Welcome back to the Real Football Show. I'm Gino Ganello, along with guess who's back, Edwin Garcia. He joins us again as uh, we do not have Lizzie this week, and we probably will not have Lizzie for a little bit now as she's you know bogged down with a bunch of other stuff, trying to continue to kill it with the content she's creating over on the editorial side of things. Make sure you check out her articles on 90min.com slash US. Uh, you can find all of her work there. Uh, she will be with us, you know, here and there over the next, um, you know, f- few podcasts and whatnot. But for the moment and for the foreseeable future, it will be me and Edwin. So if you don't like that, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to deal with us. This is my you don't like that face. I go like this. You're going to have to see this all the time. Yeah. Uh, you don't like no. it. You just listen to it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just you can cover our faces. That's really we just want. We just need the views. Really, that's really yeah. all that matters. Um, no, but uh, yes, Edwin joins us again after a two-week uh, killer outing by him. We uh, we've, we've we've tabbed him in to uh, warm the seat and keep the seat warm for for Lizzie. Edwin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's game day. It's game day. We got a game tonight. It is game day. We do have to a big watch. Game tonight. Yeah. yeah, and it's I like that it's a late game for us on the East Coast. Yeah, I I enjoy the late games and and kicking back. I feel like I I get more of an enjoyment out of it when it, the ten thirty or ten o'clock kickoff time for us. That to me, I just sit back, watch. Once the game's over, I'm like, all right, time to relax, go to sleep. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited, excited to be back, excited to be here for for a little while longer. Let's see how long uh, Lizzie needs. But but big thank you for for you guys for letting me be on here and I'm looking forward to to making more great stuff here together man so let's have a great show let's continue to do some cool stuff here and and Ben we're we're talking 
we're talking footy, man. We're talking footy. I'm not going to complain. So, and if you are, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's good. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about, and and yeah, like we're gonna, like like we've said, you know, we're going to miss Lizzie on the show for the time being, but it won't be the last you see of her. She will nope. be here from time to time. She'll fill in on segments for the moment, and then whenever she can can get back and do a full time and commit to that, she, she will. But again, make sure you follow all of her content, 90min.com US, as well as on the social channels, which are listed below my face and below Edwin's face. Yeah, right <laughs> um, make sure you check go. that out because uh, there's just a lot of good stuff going on there. So, so make sure you, you catch all of it on, uh, on those, uh, you know, on those channels. But as Edwin mentioned, we have a big game tonight, USA versus Mexico in the very first edition of the Allstate Continental Classico. Um, it is a friendly <laughs> of sorts. I'm not honestly, honestly, I'm not really sure what the reasoning is behind putting this on. I think it's more just to make sure we get a Mexico US matchup every single year um, and showcase the yeah. talent that guys have. We do it already in the club level. We got the Leagues Cup. We have, you know, had the all-star match matchups between League MX and Club America. I mean Club America and the MLS. Um <laughs> But now we're going to get it at the national team level with the U.S. versus Mexico. And uh, with that said, let's take a, a look real quick. And let's start with the U.S. men's national team. This is the roster from the U.S. men's national team. As you can see, it's a very uh, MLS-heavy uh, side. Just Serginio Dest, who is not a, um, a, obviously not an MLS player. from He's coming from Europe. And then Joshua Winder is coming from um, U- the USL. USL. Uh, he plays for U- uh, Louisville City. So those are, I think, the only two on the roster that um, that will not be from the MLS. There were a couple changes. Oh, we have Senora too, who's Senoro, Senora, who's uh, oh, Senora. Sorry, and yeah, I am Senora, I'm the Hispanic guy, and I butchered from, the name there. Who is from League MX? So yeah. uh, he but actually plays with for the um, a yep. young player. So a different sort of roster than we're typically used to seeing. There are a couple of play- names on this roster that will not be actually um, on the U.S. men's national team roster tonight. Paul Ariola and Christian Roldan were withdrawn uh, in favor of Paxton Pomacal now. Um, okay. So I believe he will, he will replace uh, Roldan for the moment. Um, so that is the one change. But as I mentioned, an MLS heavy roster Edwin, your thoughts on on this U.S. men's national team roster, just from the look of it? From looking at it, we finally get a proper MLS versus Liga MX uh, All Star game here with uh, with so many so many teams represented. So many, uh, we're gonna get a good feel for for what MLS has to offer. I, I like it. I don't understand why we're having this game, to be honest with you, like we're saying, what's it called again? The All-State? It's the All-State Continental Classico, I think it's called. I think that's the correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All-State Classico. I mean, the ACC, I guess, if we want to abbreviate it here. Um, Yeah, ASCC. ASCC. Oh, okay. I I think it's it's all right. It's, It's good. I think it's more a product of the fact that USA, Canada, and Mexico already qualified for the World Cup, so it's like we got filler. We need some some juicy games to 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 excite people, to get uh, people tuned in in the build up to the World Cup. So I guess this is one of those products of it. Uh, 
The unfortunate is, thing is that the teams won't look like this at all come, you know, World Cup time. But it's still, man, it's funny, man. You get you anytime you have USA versus Mexico, it's it's must see TV. You you know, tensions and emotions are going to be up. Everything's going to be excited. Nobody wants to lose to the other, whether you're on the Liga MX side or you're on the U.S. men's national team side. You don't want to lose to the to the other so it's it's gonna be good i'm excited for it like i said i'm gonna tune in i'm gonna watch and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have a very keen eye i'm gonna be looking and seeing who stands out well who who makes some moves here because at the end of the day this is also an opportunity for a lot of guys you know some of these guys this might be their only time you know there might be somebody here this might be his only game that he plays on this squad or the only time that he gets called up so let's see let's see if they make the best of it yeah, and just if you look at the um, if you look at the they have the numbers there uh, caps and goals. This is gonna be the first. Um, uh, this is the first. Um, I think the first call up for both Drake Callender and Roman Salatano. Yeah. Um, same with Joshua Winder, um, and I and same with Caleb Wiley, and then Aiden yeah. Morris, who has been very good for Columbus. This will be his second uh, call up, I believe. So um, a lot of a lot of young talent that can make a name for themselves um, in this one. We'll get to that in a little bit, but let's, before we do that, let's take a look um, real quick at the, um, at the Mexican national team roster, um, which I'm going to pull up right now. And here mm-hmm. we go. This is the Mexican national team roster. Um, if you guys can see that. Um yeah. So they have, again, a Liga MX heavy roster. The only non-Liga MX player is uh, Julian Araujo from Barcelona, who obviously, as we all know, used to play in MLS. I also believe, and I have to confirm this because I'm pretty sure this is the case, but I believe Henry Martin is no longer with the Mexican national team. So I believe there there may be a replacement for him. Um, So that's the one correction on this roster. Uh, that that was from the Mexican national team Twitter account. But again, um, for you, Edwin, a look at this roster. What stands out? Yeah, actually, it's uh, Henry Martin and Roberto Alvarado. I don't know if he's on that list there as well. Yeah, he, they're both. Um, yes, yeah, have, yeah, have dropped out of the of the roster. I, again, it's very similar, even with the addition of a European player here in Arahu. It's it's like mirror images of the of the two because on the U.S. men's national team, yes, Serginio Des who's playing the same position coming over from another European team in Milan to play for U.S. men's national team tonight. So you get a little bit of of, of both. I think there's going to be a lot of parity, which hopefully will lead to really good action on the pitch. I want to see some goals scored. Give me a nice little, you know, 3-2 U.S. win here, something like that, something along the lines. Um, I, that's where I would look forward to. But the roster itself, it's – Again, it's a who's who of Liga MX, just like the other the U.S. men's national team is a who's who of of uh, Major League Soccer. Which, in when you really think about it, is is exactly what you want. It's a, it's a proper All Star game. You know what I mean? We're gonna finally get. I think there's definitely, even though this might not be a big event uh, or something that's well known, there's gonna be a lot of bragging rights here. Whoever does pull this off, and if it's convincing one side or the other, there's gonna be some really good bragging rights here for for each league at the end of this. So. We'll see. And uh, coach is looking pretty jacked there. I don't know about that. I mean, if you're putting the coach on the on the reveal here of your roster, like he's he's got the guns out and everything. Diego's looking nice, man. Good for him. Yeah, it's 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 
again, it's a, like you said, it's a, it's a glorified Liga MX versus MLS all-star game on a, on a national team level, essentially yep. just a really good opportunity for a lot of young kids. That's, that's the, uh, that's what we're seeing here. Uh, a, lot, a good opportunity for some guys to make a name for themselves. Obviously you have some players who have been with the Mexican national team, the Luis Chavez's of the world, um, Oriol yeah. Antuna, Alexis Vega, all have been with the Mexican national team. Um, but it's an opportunity for players like Julian Araujo, who has not been featured as part of the Mexican national team on multiple occasions up to this point to make a name yeah. for himself. Carlos Acevedo, Malagon, which there is going to be a goalkeeper battle coming up at the next World Cup um, mm-hmm. because I don't believe Memo Ochoa is going to be uh, the Mexican national team goalkeeper again. <laughs> so they're moving on now. They're moving to the next step. So there's going to be a competition at goalkeeper. And so it's an opportunity for a lot of these players to make a name for themselves. So with that said, let's start with the Mexican national team. You go first, Edwin. I'll, I'll, I'll say mine afterwards. Name one player from this Mexican national team that could see their national team status boosted or improved because of a good performance tonight. I'll give you, I'll give you that. And I'll give you also, I, I, when I really think about it, the Henry Martin not being there, it, it, it because he's such a star in League MX is you know it's unfortunate. You really wanted to see him there because you really get that full complete squad. But I think the guy who who the spotlight's going to be on him and could really boost and solidify himself as a regular. It, for me, it's got to be Julian Araujo coming in, you know, doing the big move, leaving MLS, going to Barcelona all the the delays and everything that happened to finally get there and he's been you know we're waiting for his time i don't think he's had an appearance yet for the on the main roster on the first team but this is this is it you said he's never really been consistently picked on the mexican national team but now you're coming in as the barcelona guy you know who else is a barcelona guy in mexico rafa marquez who's a national hero um you got a lot of you're you're there's a big shadow cast over everybody else when the Barcelona guy comes in as opposed to these, you know, Liga MX guys. So I think if he can handle that and do a good showing, I think he's going to have the most to gain out of this. Yeah, for me, I think um, I mentioned it a little bit already, but I think it's the goalkeeping situation. And I think it's probably um, Carlos Acevedo if he gets the opportunity in that tonight. Yeah, Uh, If he's the number one, I think he has the biggest opportunity to make a, a, a big statement for himself. Because Malagon is a little bit younger, I believe. He's kind of the prodigy. He's at, he's at Club America. He's just the next best thing, the, the next next in line, I feel like, for a lot of people. But if Carlos Acevedo gets a start tonight and can really prove himself in a big match against the United States, I think that that could mean good things for him moving forward. A player yeah. who did not get brought along on the Mexican national team's trip to the World Cup but now is going to have a, an opportunity here to, to really make a name for himself. So Carlos Acevedo is the name that sticks out for me there. I'll ask you the same question for the U.S. men's national team. Name one player on the U.S. men's national team who uh, is going to make a name for themselves or can boost their national team status yeah. with the performance tonight. See, I like the Acevedo pick. That was my number two pick. I really do think um, – I know Lizzie's a big fan of his, and Santos is like a quiet number two team, you know, so I know that she's she'll be rooting for the guy. Um, now, I'm taking that mentality that you just had and applying it to the U.S. men's national team, and Drake Callender's my guy. You know, looking at the goalies here, Sean Johnson, 
probably might get the nod here because of the experience and everything. But if there's a guy who can come in who's hot right now, who's really playing well, and is the only good thing down here in Miami that we got going on right now is Drake Callender finally getting his first call up. This could be a make or break. He could come in here, play really well, and then stay on their radar and maybe continue to get some caps. Or if not, you know, they obviously what's in front of him, I think is a, a bigger wall than what's in front of Acevedo, you know, in the fact that we have Slonina and we have um, uh, the other man, Matt Turner, who I know, I don't know if he's going to be around for the next one, but he's, he's always going to be in consideration. There's a, the, the wall of goalies on the U S men's national team yeah. is a little bigger than what Acevedo's facing where, where Acevedo is. He's a little further up the, the pecking order, but I think this is still a, a great thing for Drake calendar because he's a young guy who last season, I believe was the third string uh, goalie at Inter Miami at one point. He wasn't supposed to be in this position to see this trajectory and see this rise that he's going that he's been on is is really good. And for me, it's just it's a personal pick. I, I've met the guy, I've talked to him. He's a nice guy, and uh, I, I hope he he seizes the opportunity tonight because I think it could really be a good catalyst for him moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think every time you talk about the U.S. Men's National Team, it's always going to go for me to the number nine. I mean, it's it's always going to go to um, who is going to fill that role. And Brandon Vasquez has been off to a rough start in MLS so far this season. So I think this game could really could really help him. And again, it's only one match, but you need to yeah. prove yourself on the biggest stages. And this is a big stage. Um, and this is the real first big test for Brandon Vasquez. Uh, this I, I think in this new World Cup cycle um, for him. As we look for number nine, there's a couple other players on the team that could benefit, but the problem is they sit in certain spots where, like you mentioned, there's a bit of a wall. Caleb Wiley's of the world. Caleb Wiley's a very interesting player. He has the ability to play left back, left wing. I don't know if he plays on the right side, and that's where I see him. If he could play on the right side, you'd be instantly, you'd be like, okay, this is a spot where he can prove himself. He can play on that right side then there's so much up in the air about who is that right back right now with Serginio Dest not being phenomenal in that area, not mm-hmm. locking it down. Whereas Anthony Robinson, I think is just the left back of the future at the yeah, moment. Absolutely. So there's not a lot of space for him on that left side, whereas the right side would be a little bit easier. And of course, Kate Cowell would be another name, but again, mm-hmm. blocked by the Supreme talent that the United States has in those winger positions and on those outside positions. So for me, it's Brandon Vasquez. He can make a name for himself. If he goes out and he scores a couple goals, and he can continue to show consistency at this level. He already has two caps, one goal. A third cap with another goal would be just another step in the right direction for determining who the number nine for this team is. Again, it's early. Anthony Hudson is currently the coach. He will probably not be the coach when the time comes in the summer when they make a decision. But yeah. this is still an opportunity for Brandon Vasquez to make a name for himself. So um, definitely uh, a big opportunity for him against the, again, he mentioned it once again, has not been contacted by the Mexican national team. So his focus is entirely on the U S and if he can make a name for himself here, go a long way with the U S men's national team and their staff. So hundred percent, I was going to be my pick. I kind of had a feeling you were, you might go that way. So I was like, you know what, this is a chance I get to, you know, go uh, support the home team here. So that's why I went with calendar. Um, but yeah, for all the same reasons, I would have picked Vasquez too. This is his third cap coming up tonight. He's got the one goal, has struggled to get his uh, his his goal scoring uh, footing going.
going in Major League Soccer. And if there is a position, if you ask 10 U.S. Men's National Teams fan fans out there what they want to see, they want goals, they want to see us lock down that number nine position, which we, which was our biggest question mark in the World Cup, if Brandon Vasquez comes out and has that kind of game and puts that ease into a lot of those fans, man, that could be huge from he could really he could he could essentially lock down that position if he has a great game tonight just on the fan support alone because we're so desperate to see something, you know, something with some class and some touch and some quality up at the number nine. So we'll, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping he does well. But, yeah, he's he can definitely gain. He can skyrocket tonight after tonight. Yeah, definitely for sure. And, and you know, I, 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 we do mention again, this is this is only one game and it's a friendly. And it's a friendly yeah. early in the World Cup. It's never friendly. Not, it's never friendly. Yeah, it's never, it's it's never be friendly. Balls. People are going to throw balls. I, I mean, I'm sure that the fans will take <laughs> it very seriously. But from a, a matchup perspective and from the teams on the field, this is a friendly. And it's still early in the World Cup window. So my question, my next question to you is really, I mean, I know we mentioned players who can boost themselves. But how much can we really learn from this? Are we expecting to learn much from this match? Or is this just a match that's really being put on? It's U.S. versus Mexico, bragging rights. Hey, like, U.S. gets a win, that's great. Mexico yeah. gets a win, that's great. And that's that. And we'll, you know, we can't really figure anything else out. Yeah, we're not going to learn too, too much. Like I, like we mentioned at the beginning, this is going to be an opportunity for a lot of guys to just punch their ticket for the next one, you know, to be in consideration for the next selection of games what this team will look like come 20 uh the next world cup it's it's not gonna be anything like this you know it's gonna be a lot of different faces a lot of different players there's gonna be guys on there that we haven't even mentioned yet that are not even on our radar there's gonna be somebody that can just pop off in the next year or two um with that being said you still got to take tonight and just enjoy it just for what it is seize the opportunity because no matter if it's a friendly that's non-competitive or in a situation that doesn't look too uh that looks a little bleak right now so we don't know what's going to happen later on you still got to see it's an opportunity and these guys have to go in there seize it play well and and hope for the next for the next uh for the next selection to come their way so i think i think it's going to still be a fun game to watch uh maybe we'll get a nice little moment you know where was it miazga doing the Doing the, you know, you're yes, too short you're honest, down here. Yes, yes. Yeah, something, no, something, no, uh, something memorable can happen. This week, so I don't, I don't think. I didn't see Diego Linez on the roster, so I don't think we're going to get the short. Okay. I don't think uh, we're going to no, get the short from, from Miazga. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see him on the team again, though, because this is this is Miazga is a player who has publicly come out against Greg Berhalter and said, you know, he thinks his relationship, you know, he made a comment. And I know we've mentioned this before, and I don't, Lizzie was the one who mentioned it, but. Um, he made a comment, uh, you know, and, you know, had a suggestion or whatever. And Greg kind of like blacklisted him a little bit, hasn't been with the U S men's national team in a while. So Matt Miazga back in the, the swing of things, which will be cool. Um, as a Jersey guy, that's, I love to see that. I love to see Jersey guys getting a shot. Um, for me personally though, this, I would like it if Anthony Hudson, okay, maybe trot your best forward, best 11 out for the first 45, but let's see the young guys. Let's give Aiden, Aiden Morris deserves a chance. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal for I think Aiden Morris should play the full 90 minutes if possible because he's been phenomenal for Columbus. Caleb Wiley, very similar. Like, let's give the kids a bit of a yeah. chance. I know no Jordan Morris. 
Get, let's get out of my life, Jordan Morris. I don't want to see you play tonight. Just, just stay on the bench. Yeah, there's nothing we can learn from Jordan Morris against you, yeah. the Mexico, against Mexico in this matchup. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can learn from, realistically, nothing we can learn from Sean Johnson in this matchup. There's nothing yeah. we can learn nice from guy, but... Best in this matchup. There's nothing we can learn from Aaron Long in this. Like we've seen these guys before. Let's see Caleb Wiley. Let's see Josh Winder. Let's see James Sands again. Let's see Senora. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Aiden Morris. Let's see Kate and Kate Cowell. Like, let's see these guys. Let's see what they have in a big moment on a big stage. That's see what Julian I want Gressel, right? Let's get some Vancouver love in there Julian too. Gressel, right? yes, we Vancouver, <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. Like, let's like that's what I want to see from a U.S. men's national team perspective, and same from Mexico. Like, we know yeah. what we're getting from Alexis Vega. We know what we're getting from Luis Chavez. We know what we're getting from some of these other guys, but let's see, like you mentioned, Julian Araujo. Let's see some of these younger guys who are on this roster. Some of these guys who haven't got many of the chances, Oriel Antuna, who who was a bench player, I think for the most part in the world cup, let's see them get some opportunities in a big match where there's going to be pressure because the fans are going to be there. Like it's going to be, a, I'm sure a packed stadium, you know, let's see what they have at the highest level of CONCACAF soccer. Because that's what basically what this is for the most part. Minus again, it's it's national team. It's it's a national team. It's not going to feature, you know, Irving Lozano. It's not going to feature Edson Alvarez. It's not going to feature Santiago Jimenez. It's not going to feature Christian Pulisic. It's not going to feature Tyler Adams or Weston McKinney. But yeah. it, it's still it's at this current moment in this window. It's it's the highest level of soccer you're going to play right now, or highest level of competition that you're going to play right now in CONCACAF. So it's uh it's a big, it's a big moment for them. hundred percent agree. I think that should be the thinking here. Now I got to play devil's advocate here though. Here's the yes. problem that we run into when, when we go 100% into let's get these guys play, let's give them all their opportunity. Let's not put in our Sean Johnson. Let's not put in our multi-cap guys. You're going to run into two problems. One, these guys that have been capped, multiple times they don't want to just come and not do anything they, they still want yeah, to play yeah. it's mexico they're going to want that so how do you balance that as an interim coach how do you make sure that you get enough playing time for the guys that do want to be here mm-hmm. versus you know the guys that you want to see have an opportunity and then what happens if you go if you skew too much one way or the other and then the game starts getting out of hand because that we're just talking from a perspective of u.s men's national team here but if you skew too much to the young guys let's say brandon vasquez kate cole will come in and we have them up there, but they're not performing. They're just having a bad game and everything. Like, do we yank them too early? Do we let them play too long? It, it, it's This is going to be my, a challenge. In my opinion, Anthony Hudson should say this. There's going to be a forty, uh, uh, an 11 that plays the first 45. That will be a mix of the best players that we have and a okay. few, like Aiden Morris, Brandon Vasquez, maybe Cade Cowell, and that's it. Like, let's just say those three players. Mm-hmm. And then in the second 45, We'll see a switch in certain things. Because, again, it's a friendly – we need to learn some things in this as much as we can, you know, as much as we can. But I agree with you. We can't play – you can't just say, okay, like let's start with Caleb Wiley, Josh Winder in the back, you know, Ada Morris in the middle, Brandon Vasquez up top, Kate Cowell in the way. Like, you can't just do that. I'll do so, it if it's FIFA, it you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my game. I'm going to do that. But yeah. like, let's split it up. Put a mix of vets with some with a few – Young guys in the first half, a mix of vets with a few young guys in the second half, and let's see how let's see how they they perform. So, yeah. I would imagine you know that's again for both these guys. I mean, Coca and and Hudson, 
it's a match where you know you're not really getting a full look at what your your potential is. This is no. a match where it's just like okay, let's just see if we can go out in there there and win this one. So, a final question on this before we wrap this up: How do you see this one playing out tonight between the U.S. Men's National Team and Mexico? If it's if I'm Hudson, I'm gonna lean into some of these young guys. I'm not gonna. Uh, I, I I I will take that risk. I just understand that there's. You know, if this doesn't work out, it could be the backlash could be pretty harsh. Um, but I'm gonna lean into him. I really feel like Vasquez is on the cusp, man. I like Cole, but I I feel like Vasquez is on that cusp. He's been just waiting. I don't know what's going on with FC Cincinnati. We're gonna talk about him uh, coming up here in a bit. Uh, but I feel like he's just on the verge, and I think today could be that tonight could be that catalyst that starts pushing him into that direction because he's so talented. He has all the skills. He's played two games with the U.S. He's got one goal. I think tonight he's going to add his third or his second goal, uh, maybe his third as well. Why not? Let's give him a brace. But I think U.S. I think USA. Oh, I'm, I'll go like a three-one, three-one USA. Give me right. three goals. Give me a brace from Vasquez, man. It's going to be the little cut down later. Me predicting exactly what happened. <laughs> I am. I am going to go. A little bit in the opposite direction. I'm going to say ah, it's going to be wah, wah. kind of a boring match. I would imagine we're not going to get, we might get some excitement towards the end, but I'm going to say 1 1 is how this one plays out. I think we do get some exciting, uh, you know, plays and exciting moments from some of the younger guys on both sides. But yeah. I think overall, again, this is a friendly, this is a moment for us to learn some about some of the something about some of the younger players but not really a moment where we're you know we're getting i think in the end the goal is to get everybody back to their respective squads healthy and i think we'll yeah. see that towards the last like 15 minutes maybe we'll maybe the last 15 minutes maybe the last 10 minutes we'll see some uptick in that and uptick in 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 excitement but for the most part i think the goal is just to get everybody back healthy and so i think okay. we'll see a 1-1 draw and a uh, share of the spoils, as they say. Nice, so, nice. By the way, for those wondering, the, the game is going to be on TBS, Universal, yeah. Telemundo, Television Network, and it's 10 p.m. Eastern kickoff tonight from the State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. So. Yes, where the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. play football. So, oh, um, so change the name? Okay. Yes, yes. So that's uh, that's where that's where it's going to be. Um we're going to move on now to MLS because we do need to talk about MLS because there's a lot that happened this weekend. Um, with that said, I will start, of course, with El Trafico. We have to start with El Trafico. It is the big matchup that was this week, and we had Cascadia Cup, which we'll talk about as well. But El Trafico happened, and we'll start before El Trafico because I want to talk about this. We've been talking about Chris Klein a lot, and he did release a statement this season or just before this match to the season ticket members, this is off of Twitter, um, on, you know, his actions and, and, and you know, what will happen if the team doesn't reach its goal. So I'm going to pull that up right here and, and share that right now so you can see it as well, Edwin. But it basically says here, and I'm going to read it right here, it says, LA Galaxy season ticket, old, ticket members, I love the Galaxy. The most important part of the club is the people who are involved every day who share the same passion that I do. Our staff, our players, and everyone at AEG work tirelessly 
to give you the you a club that you can feel a part of and be proud of. I uphold the values established by those clo- those who came before me, those who are here now, and those who will carry the club into the future. This includes accountability for the results on the field. When we hired Greg Vaney at the end of the 2020 season, he had a plan to build out the soccer operations for our club. And he laid out a five-year plan to build the LA Galaxy into a club that compete for championships year in and year out. This plan included making the playoffs in 2022 and advancing in the playoffs in 2023. I believe in what we are building and in the people who are building it. However, if we fall short of our goals this year, I will step aside as president of the club that I so dearly love. This was my commitment to Dan Beckerman and AEG when I agreed to my extension, and I stand behind that promise, Chris Klein. So that is the... um, Sorry, as I pull this over here, that is the uh, statement from Chris Klein. Your thoughts on this statement, Edwin? Wow, um, definitely different. Definitely something that I, if I was a Galaxy season ticket holder, I wouldn't be expecting at that time. Leading into the big game, it kind of seems like it, I, if I feel like. Depending on how you spin it, it could be an exit strategy already or like, hey, give me more time. I feel like it goes both ways. Like, oh, I'm already making excuses or saying, you know, I'm going to eliminate myself and get myself out of the picture. Or, hey, I'm really trying here and just I need a little bit more time. This is why we were where we're at and this is where we're trying to get to. So I'm not sure, to be honest. I I feel like it could go both ways. Um. I also, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about what the Galaxy supporters' sentiment is towards Chris Klein prior to this, if they feel, if I feel, or if they feel like he's primarily to blame, but just taking it on the surface, if you're an objective, nonpartisan, you know, entity here, you're just looking at this, you're, seems like a guy who's really trying to put, be transparent, trying to put everything out there and show people that hey we're trying but that's also a sign of a club that's not performing well not doing what was expected of them and also a little unbecoming that you have to do something like that and you know like hey man i know we we hound on you as fans but when you come out there it's also kind of like a sign of weakness i don't know how about you yeah i mean i I, listen the galaxy fans have been on chris klein's back since the beginning of the season um since before the beginning of the season they've been all over him and, and um you know I think maybe releasing a statement was a good idea but either way he went about it is probably not the best words that he could have used um yeah. you know, laying out a five-year plan we want to win championships year in year out you mentioned this last week the galaxy is a team that wins championships year in year out they're the one of the they're the winningest club in MLS history I think so yeah it's like that should already be your goal. That shouldn't be a five-year plan that needs to be laid out for you by a coach that you're hiring. And on Mm -hmm. top of that, the plan, uh, including making the playoffs in 2022 and just advancing further in 2023, like why, like that's just not, in my opinion, not a far enough goal goal to reach. Like if you're going to make the playoffs and like, okay, we're going to make the playoffs in 2022. And then in 2023, we're going to get to the second round of the playoffs. And then 2024, we're going to get to the the semifinals. It's like, that's like once you're in the playoffs, the goal <laughs> should be winning. The, the, once you're in the playoffs, the goal should be winning MLS Cup. And it feels like the words that he used in this weren't exactly um, weren't exactly the best words he could have used. And and it showed. I mean, the LA Galaxy supporters flew a plane 
that said Chris Klein out on it, I believe it was, um, on uh, Dorian El Trafico on Saturday. Um, so his his relationship with the fans is not great right now. No, not good at all. Not good at all. And and I just to me it, it's when I really now that you you, you framed it like that, yeah. It, it, <laughs> We're talking about one of the those elite clubs that we're talking about last week. You know, those those Seattle's, those LAFC where they're in now. And I guess this is just man, adding more uh more fuel to the fire in the sense that the galaxy is just bad week for them, bad times. This is it's really bad for them right now. It's like very this bad is as close to rock bottom as you can get right now as a yeah. galaxy fan. You still don't have a win. You lost to your little brother at home for the first time. They are the defending champs. You have guys that you've signed in here like Chicharito, uh, Ricky Pooch, Douglas Costa, some who've panned out, some who have not. And you're underperforming in every aspect and you're getting outshined and outclassed by everybody. Like, wow. I, yeah, this is, this is rock bottom. Congratulations, LA Galaxy. You've reached inner Miami status. Hey, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, they're in, they're in rough shape right now. I mean, it, it was not good going in this match. And, and as we no. mentioned, we thought it was going to be kind of LA Galaxy, LAFC running all over LA Galaxy. It honestly wasn't that. And let's let's actually get into the match part of things. Yeah, LA, LAFC did win 3-2 to two over the Galaxy. Bell had two goals and an assist. Um, they went up 3-1, to one, couldn't really claw back. Galaxy tried to claw back, couldn't claw back after that. They did get one goal and had multiple other opportunities. John McCarthy with a massive save that ended up being a game-winning save yep. um, for LAFC. Um, but, you know, it was – I think it was a better performance and a better fight from the yeah. Galaxy than we've seen all season. Um, but it still ends up with LAFC's first win at Galaxy in their history. So, Edwin, your thoughts on, on how this one went and and how it all played out? First of all, it, it props to everybody involved in putting El Trafico together because it, this is the game you can circle every every time it comes up on the calendar and you're like, it's going to be a good game. doesn't matter. As, as, as rock bottom as we are right now with, uh, with the Galaxy, they still put up a heck of a fight. They played incredible. The, the fact that you were into this game up until the very last minute of the game was a testament of the rivalry always bringing out the best in everybody, whether, you know, you're coming in form or out of form, whatever the case is. So in that, in that aspect, it delivered. It absolutely delivered. But it also delivered and showed that LAFC is just still, still elevating, still getting better. Carlos Vela with, I believe it was his 11th and 12th goals against the Galaxy in his career, which is phenomenal number. Yeah, uh, they were, But Tyler Boyd. What a banger. Right before the what half to tie yeah. it up. Oh, screamer from out there. Even though McCarthy did get some fingertips on it, that thing was going in uh, regardless. So it was it was a heck. You got goals. You got screamers. You got some great, uh, great play. Ricky Pooch started off very sluggish, didn't like it. But then second half really turned it on, hit the post on, a, on, a, on, a, on another yeah, screamer. That he mile got. out. From a mile yeah. out, like longer than Boyd shot, I think. Yes, yes. And it was so you had a little bit of everything. 
um chicharito whining and complaining and you know cursing out other guys on the other team yelling at um, Costa to shut up for like literally 30 straight seconds just yelling yeah. shut up <laughs> i did like that um but if, if, at the end you know lafc just a little better well coached but what can we? I gotta give some props to Bowanga. It was the ninety. I think it was like the ninety-second minute, and he was still out running guys yeah, just that had like just sprinting. subbed in. Yeah, yeah. That dude has the motor on that guy is incredible. Like Crazy. he was just burning up and down the pitch all game long. No signs of slowing down. Even though he didn't have a, a Bowanga moment, he was still smiling. He was still in it. His body language was infectious. It was. It was positive. It was. It's what you want to see. LAFC yeah. is just running like a well-old machine right now. Galaxy, you saw some glimpses of it when they, you know, when certain things happen. Uh, maybe a little. I mean, if Ricky Pucha's shot goes in, might have a little different outcome here. Might have been a three-three game. Maybe that second goal doesn't Cicerito come in. Shots doesn't get saves. It's three. You know, yes, three, that was a ridiculous save. He was in on that. I thought he was scoring for sure. I was like mm-hmm. confident he was scoring. And who made the pass to Chicharito? It was uh, Pooch. It was Pooch. Pooch, incredible pass. Just yeah, yeah, like yeah, you, you, the vision on that really shows his class and his quality as a player was fantastic. But at the end, set piece doomed him. You know, they couldn't stop the corner with the Hollingshead um, header. It was textbook easy. They didn't really sweat on that play. Uh, the the bad penalty cost them. Vela converted. I love Taylor Tolman on the broadcast. Was like, oh. Fella likes to go left side on the goalie pretty much every time, and that's exactly what happened in the yeah, goalie dome. Exactly right. did it. He went uh, the other way, which <laughs> like you just like you got to study there, man. Like, come on. Yeah, man. Um, but you know, I think you know the the I think it was uh, Mavanga who went out um, injured in the I think he was injured in the like the sixty something minute or something like that. It was like right before the penalty, and uh, Koulibaly came on. Yeah. And from that moment on, for like the next 10, 15 minutes, they were a bit of a mess, the Galaxy. That's when the, the penalty happened. That's when the corner kick happened, which if you watch the corner kick, and I, I watched this specifically to see who had Hollings head because he was literally wide open on the corner. Yeah, Delgado had him and just literally stood in his same exact spot, just like looking and watching him do whatever he wanted to do. And it's yeah. like the defensive issues continue to hurt the galaxy. They have a big problem and they looked good defensively for a lot of the first half and, and, and a bit of the, the second half. But once it, you know, once it got to the point where the injury happened and they put in Koulibaly, it, it, it was, it, it they struggled and their yeah. defensive struggles let them down again. And so that's that's a big issue. But again, they showed good fight, which is good. My yeah. my question to you is: you mentioned him already, Ricky Pouge. What are your thoughts? What were your thoughts? I mean, you mentioned a little bit, but let's focus in on a little bit. Your thoughts on his performance, and and kind of was this a a breakout game for him in this season? A game that could bounce out into you know better performances down the road. What were your thoughts on on him as a whole in this one? I think, I think. Soccer, football, or the Real Football Show. We're going to keep it football here. I think football is a an interesting, an interesting, um, how do you say, an interesting dynamic that 
how luck is such a strong part of any game. So with Ricky Pooch's performance, I thought he was on the cusp of having that game. I really think if that shot had gone in, that was the moment, you know, scoring a screamer like that, getting the team back at home, motivating, inspiring, doing all these things. Cause he was playing really well up until that point. He was playing really, really well. He was a factor. He was a pest on the pitch, but he still hasn't had his moment. And, the other thing that when I start thinking about his performance and the galaxy in general, it's luck, man. It's legit luck. Think about it. That shot, an inch, you know, to the right goes in, right? Another little inch, it ricochets, it goes in. That we're, we're, we're having a whole other discussion. The Carlos Vela's first goal was actually deflected. They did what they needed to do, right? But what happened? Luck. The ball rolled right out to Carlos Vela on his left foot from the right angle and he was like oh okay yeah easy boom you know upper 90 goal no problem so you you do see luck playing a factor in this but luck you don't know which way it's going to be you don't know who it's going to help out on on any given uh on any given day it was more fortunate and more helpful for lafc this weekend in this el trafico but pooch man on the cusp, I really, I've said it since last season, he could be the most important signing and the biggest signing that MLS has ever had because he's not the older, you know, guy on the tail end of his career coming to Major League Soccer. He's a guy coming from, you know, Barcelona of all places with all the pedigree, all the the credentials to be a star where you could make the argument just was not getting the opportunity over there and could have gone to a number of other teams and instead chose to come to major league. It was a huge get humongous get, but I still haven't seen it. I'm hoping this is the catalyst. This was probably his best game this season, but we need to still see he's scratching the surface. Need a little more. I think you'll get there. I hope you'll get there. Yeah. I think they mentioned this on the broadcast. I think Ricky Pooge was best in this match when he was going to the defense, picking up the ball, carrying forward, picking out his passes. When he was in that role where he was kind of just the attacking center midfielder, he was doing nothing. Like literally like was not involved in the game at all because they were basically just marking him off that. And, and, and when he was able to go or marking him out of the game, when he was able to go and pick the ball up, drag the defender with him, you know, open up spaces and whatnot, turn and and find the spaces. That's when he was at his best in this matchup. And that's, I think, what he just needs to do now moving forward. Like, he has to be that guy that picks the ball up and transitions the team from uh, defense to offense. And if he can do that consistently on a consistent basis, that's going to make the Galaxy a much better team. Because I think the other thing is, up until this point, there hasn't been many great runs made by Galaxy players. It's it's you know he's had to pick up pick out some crazy passes to you know create things like now he has Chicharito running in and and making runs and Tyler Boyd and um, I think even Delgado was making I think it was even Delgado who was making some good runs um, on uh, on the outside as well and he had players to pick balls out to you know up until this point he hasn't really had that and now he has players that he could do that with. And now it's just about becoming that central piece and that engine in the midfield 
that is just back and forth, can picks the ball up and transitions the offense and the defense. So if he can do that, or the defense and the offense. So if he can do that, I think that's going to be a big thing for the Galaxy. But if he continues in that role where he's just kind of floating around in like the 10 area and like kind of just as an attacking midfielder, I think that's not doing enough for the Galaxy. And I think he needs to do more. So I think that's a bit, that's a big thing to look out for in coming matches. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to touch on with this match? Um, the 3252 traveled oh. in tremendous support. I mean, they were unbelievable. <laughs> Yo, that's, that's, I got to give it up to the 3252. They make the drive very far all the way out to Carson. City yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but they came out strong on the broadcast. I can only imagine what it was like being at the game. But on the broadcast, yeah. watching it, it was just that you were hearing them over everybody else. I believe the stadium yeah. capacity is somewhere like 20,000. And I think they brought like 2,000 LAFC uh, supporters. So they brought almost their whole entire 3252. They brought in almost everybody. They were rocking louder than everybody all game. Man, again, I don't want to add to the rock bottom that's already LA Galaxy here, but Riot Squad and all these other supporters groups in LA, man, like, yo, y'all got beat on the pitch, you got beat in the stands, and you're getting beat in the front office. It's just bad all around for the Galaxy. I'm sorry, but you guys, you have history. You can rebound from this. Don't let, don't get discouraged. You'll find something better. You can still improve. The season is young, but right now, just and like in the words of Pedro Martinez, you know, I just got to uh, bend over and call, call LAFC my daddy. That's what it is right now if you're a Galaxy fan because it, it's you got no, nothing else. Right now, hard times, hard times for them. These guys came in. They beat you on the pitch. They knocked over your garbage cans. They tore over. They tore apart your house, and they left. That's what uh, LAFC did there. 32-52, well done. Impressive. Very, very impressive. Yeah, really good stuff from 3252. That was awesome to see. Away support is is I think a big thing that lacks in the MLS. Um, and if you can, and obviously it's it's not it's a lot not to the fault of the MLS because the United States is so big compared to like England, where England's like a three hour drive from south to north. So it's like it, it's not not that that's short, but that's a drive basically for me from like <laughs> Long Island to like the middle of Connecticut. So like you can, they're next to each other. So yeah, the, it's like the entire Premier League is in one time zone. We have four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not like listen, a way support is is a hard thing to come by. But seeing the way support at the games that you can have that type of way yeah. support is great. Um, so big props to them. This could be a game that catapults the Galaxy. I think it was a good showing, but they need to build off this now, and we'll we'll see if that happens. Yeah. Um, this was, another team. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying this was this was. I don't like moral victories, but if there was a moral victory for the Galaxy, it's like, yeah, you, like I mentioned, if luck had been a little bit different, this could have been a whole different game, and yeah, for sure. and it could have been worked out better for the Galaxy. But, hey, you're down, but you're not out. Still time. Figure it out. Get back on uh, get back on track. So I'm still optimistic. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But a little bit different of a story in the Cascadia Cup. Seattle oh. and Portland, one of the, uh, one of the older rivalries in – um and and MLS one of the, uh, one of my favorites I, I love the Cascadia Cup I specifically love the Timber Stadium so that's probably mm-hmm. why um Seattle dominated this one for like 65 70 minutes like basically yep. was like all over the pitch dominating the match for like 70 minutes and then Dyron Espria had a sick bicycle kick goal and it flipped the game completely on its head 
So, you know, Portland ended up going on and scoring four goals in the last 20 minutes of the game. And they win four to one. They become the first team ever in Cascadia Cup history to win four matches in a row. Um, So that was, uh, you know, another big one for them. They maintain bragging rights, I guess you can say. So I will ask you, we've talked about the Galaxy. Let's talk about Portland. Is this the type of win that can catapult Portland's season after a struggling start? Did you see enough? Or is this just kind of a luck of 20 minutes where they're going to go back out on Saturday and we're not going to see the same team? I think with with this team, Portland, we we mentioned this last week, they're in that elite category. They've separated themselves. They're a prior champion. They do everything right. Incredible home support. They they check off all the boxes that you want in an elite club. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're dominating their biggest rival right now in Seattle. This this could be the thing. They've had they got off to a slow start. They is only their second win on the season. But again, you save your best performance. The rivalries bring out the best in everybody. It doesn't matter. You can never count them out. Just like you couldn't count out the Galaxy after having not won a game all season. They still came out. They put up a good fight. Portland said, hey, all right, Seattle's getting all this attention, right? But we're still, you know, we're still Portland. Come on, get out of here. They got their 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 little Colombian B squad there with uh, Mosquera, Moreno, and Asprilla. They put them all together, and they just took it to uh, to Seattle there. Let me see. I got the, the score sheet here. It was 71st, 76th, 81st, 89th minute. Unbelievable. It was just bam, 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 bam. And then the bicycle kick. Like, it, you know that's yeah. the number one goal of the week. Might be the goal of the season right now. You yeah. Know? It's incredible. Diana Spree. And, and that's the catalyst. That's what, you know, kick-started the whole, the whole turnaround for Portland. And Rui Diaz, Mr. Rui Diaz has been quiet this season. He's the, He had Seattle up, you know, one yeah. nothing with his 58th-minute goal. So of a great goal. It was a great goal too. Yes. Really good team goal. Very well worked. It's like a very well worked goal. And at that point, I think a lot of people said, okay, Seattle's got this one. They were dominating for 70 yep. minutes. Everybody was like, okay, Seattle's got this one. And then, like you said, Dyrone Espria, just bicycle kick. And honestly, all four goals were pretty solid from, from the you know perspective. Like I think um the third goal is was like a sick pass or whatever like yeah. there was some really really good goals in this one and mascara's goal probably would have been maybe the you know they, that may have been the top you know goal from this game if it wasn't for the 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 espria bicycle kick yeah. but yeah i mean portland is um portland just kind of turned it up there in the last 20 minutes i, I worry that i worry that it might not be sustainable because if this was a game where they came out and honestly, like, I would say maybe Galaxy's performance is a little bit more sustainable and a little bit more positive than Portland's performance. Really? Okay. This match because it didn't happen for 20 minutes. I think the Galaxy mm. played relatively well for all 90 minutes, basically. There was a 10-minute lapse, really, that they didn't play well in. Yeah. And other than that, they played well, and there was good signs. Portland looked in shambles at home in front of a sellout crowd for 70 minutes. And then yeah. as the, after the, the kick, they kind of turned it on. So I don't know if they found enough in this match to catapult them and, and sustain this for another match and start to go on a little bit of a run here. But I will say that a win like that can catapult the season and give the team a lot of confidence. So yeah. from a confidence perspective, it may help, but I don't know if it's sustainable um, or as sustainable as I think maybe the galaxies could be 
because it didn't happen for basically a majority of the game. And they yeah. were just dominated for a majority of the game. So um, solid, that, solid point. Yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't frame it like that. But yeah, I, I mean, do do you want twenty minutes of exceptional football, you know, or or do you want a full full eighty or full ninety? I mean, and uh, yeah, the Galaxy did play overall better for longer stretches of time, and these, you know, Portland was dead in the water at the seventieth minute, you know. Yeah. So then hey, bicycle kick, that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure, for sure. Can we appreciate? Can we appreciate real quick? Sorry, can we appreciate the um the beautiful visual aspect that was the game because they were both wearing those gorgeous kits. I mean, Portland yeah, has their was, rose kits. Honestly, like I kind of like Seattle's green kits a little bit better, but yeah. it's like I the kits are so cool. They're like so different, which is really nice. And and I mean, like I said, Portland's game Portland Stadium is unbelievable. Like that is just such a cool stadium. Huh. Like yeah, the way the crowd is over that big wall um on the one side. Like it's an awesome stadium. So, you know, it's, um, it's just, yeah, it, it was a, just a very, very visually appealing. It's super um, appealing. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but it, it, let's talk about Seattle real quick before we wrap up the talk on this. Does this worry you? Is this, is, is this result and, and the way the game went worry you when it comes to Seattle moving forward? The fact that they were able to dominate for 70 minutes, they brought in some players off the bench, and then things just absolutely fell apart. Any team that has Jordan Morris, I'm always going to worry because he's, you know, not a reliable, not available. Um, but no, no, no. In real talk, like it's Seattle. They're still tops. They're still leading. They're still a great team. And this, to me, is more a product of a team stepping up in a rivalry moment and really just finding that spark and building, you know, that instant momentum and, and snowballing that into the – into the end of the game there, then Seattle not performing. This is no man. If this if this had happened, let's say Seattle was going up against uh, I don't know Kansas City or one of these winless teams, you know, and that happened there, then I'd be surprised. But this is huge rivalry game in a place that's very difficult to play against a team you had already lost three in a row to. You know, I, I'm no, I'm not worried if I'm Seattle. Seattle still played well. That's still. A, a a very well organized, very well run, and even yeah, even Jordan Morris is pretty good. You know, he'll he'll get his goals, he'll play well. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I think yeah. it was more a product of of the moment and the circumstances than any long lasting effects on the Seattle end. Yeah, I w- I would tend to agree. I think I think with this one, it's you know if that bicycle kick doesn't go in, I don't know if Portland's able to build this comeback. Like. Seattle was just playing so well, and I think the bicycle kick was just such a shock, and it shocked the energy into the stadium. Yeah, you know, I think that just ended up being the factor that determined the 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 outcome of this match. But I, I don't, I, I'm not really worried about Seattle. I think Seattle's going to be just fine. You know, they have, you know, they 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 lose one four one. The scoreline doesn't tell the whole story. So, yeah. you know, I think. Next match, I, I'm not sure where they play off the top of my head, but they, they should be. I, I think they'll be all right. Um, let's what if it had been a tap-in goal? What if it was like a tap-in? It wasn't a bicycle. Would the game have stayed like 1-1 or 2-1? Could they have? I think they still would have built know. off the momentum. Yeah. But I, I can, was... I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the two other goals, the third and fourth goal, were strictly uh, just effects of the bicycle kick. I think it was just <laughs> that momentum, just like a sonic boom happened, and it yeah. carried over into two more goals. That's yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. 
Yeah, I think it's just they they caught a whiff of it and they just hit it in an overdrive and just Seattle was shocked. I think they just got shocked. That's really what yeah. it was. Speaking um, of Seattle's at home uh, against Minnesota this week, and Portland is ah Portland at Cincinnati this week. Interesting. Both very interesting matchups because Minnesota coming off of a a, a two game, I think they're a two game losing streak now. They lost two in a row. Um, and Cincinnati, which we'll talk about right now, another game that was just a shocker, I think, for many people. Cincinnati's been stringing together one nothing victories. They yeah. lose this one five one, and this one had basically this one had everything in it because this game was already delayed because I think there was tornadoes in the area and really bad weather in the area. Yeah, this game was supposed to be started I think at eight thirty. I don't think it got started till ten o'clock. Yep, and then once it got started which was about the time that all the 7.30 games ended, Apple TV just went down. Just really? shut down. There was this <laughs> Apple TV. You couldn't log in. It said you weren't subscribed. And I'm like, I was trying to watch the Portland. The only game you could watch was San Jose versus Kansas City. And I turned it on, <laughs> and Kansas City got a red card, and San Jose was already up one nothing. I was like, what am I watching this game for? But eventually it got fixed. Eventually it got fixed. And by the time by the time it got fixed, I think it was already 2 nothing St. Louis. Um they absolutely dominated this game. And it was, yeah. uh, it was a big game for St. Louis because they were on there for – they won the first five matches. They lost the last two. Mm-hmm. And it was a moment against a good – a very good Cincinnati side. Let's not take anything away from them right now. This is a very, very good um, – Top four. Cincinnati side. Yeah. But they, you know, they did not uh, – they, they have not been scoring goals. And in this match – um, they couldn't bring it. And, and St. Louis was able to respond to losses against a very good team and a very good defense. They were missing some players, obviously. And we'll, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit. Brenner is expected to be moving to Udinese, not now, but he was not in the squad for this matchup. Um, and Lucho Costa was not in the squad for this matchup. It was only Brandon Vasquez, but Pat Newton was making no excuses with the players that were on the field. He said, this team should have performed better. A yeah. 5-1 loss to St. Louis is unacceptable, no matter where you're playing, no matter the circumstances. Yeah. But my question to you, while we still are on St. Louis, are they legit now? Because they've got the five-game winning streak. They lost two matches. They were able to bounce back against a really good side at home. Are they legit? Are they legit threat to win the West? What does this prove about St. Louis? It's proven that I have no reason to doubt this team anymore. Like, I, I've, I've been trying to find a reason to write them off. Expansion squad, you know, learning curve. Oh, they played some teams. You know, Austin in that first game. Well, first game, you know, they caught them off guard. The Charlotte game. Trying to make excuses, but I'm looking at these wins, man. They're not just regular wins. There's some. They got dominating wins here, okay? Three goals against Austin. Three goals against Charlotte. Uh, two goals against Portland, three against San Jose in a shutout, four against Salt Lake in a shutout. Their one loss, the first loss was at home against Minnesota. It was a penalty kick. Defense was still good. The last week or the week prior, um, three nothing at Seattle. That was their come down to earth moment, I thought. But then how do you come down to earth and bounce back so quickly? And Cincinnati, top four team. You put up five against them. I got no worries about this team. This team is going to be a contender all the way through, and I expect them to be in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know if they're going to be able to to pass 
or 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 beat LAFC just yet. But right now, them and LAFC are the hottest teams in the West. They're the most consistent. Seattle, we saw what happened. I know it was a rivalry game, but Seattle has one game like this. St. Louis has like three or four games like this already with five. Two, what is it? Two? They have two games with five goals already. No. Yeah, I, I believe they have two games and five goals. No, right four here. goals and five goals and a three-zero. They, they like they're putting it up consistently. That offense is clicking. They, there's something in the water in St. Louis. There, John Klaus is just and Lovren. They, 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 they know their roles. They know their assignments. They know where they need to be. They, the strategy is there. They're well coached. They have a great fan base. It's popping, man. It's popping. It's popping right now. The same way it was for like Austin last year. You know where they found that lightning in a can, and they really rode it all the way to the to the to the Western Conference Finals. I think St. Louis can be that team this season. They're that good. Yeah, and they, I mean, they have the best goal differential in the entire league, the most points. They're currently on top of the Supporter Shield standings. Yeah, I mean, they've been very, very good. And I think again, the reason I asked this question to you is because for me, this proves that they're legit. They yes. went on a two-game losing streak, and they came back home in a very difficult matchup, a matchup that had everything. They, the, the, the storms I'm sure did not help the, you know, the, the delay did not help. The fact that they're playing a top side is always going to be difficult. They're coming off the two losses and they went out there and they absolutely dominated them for 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, yes, there was a fluke goal. Celentano gave one, one went off the back of his head. Yeah, but then it was over. <laughs> at that point, the game was yes. At that point, the game was over. But it was at one point it was five nothing, and and this is, you know, this was a a statement win for for uh, St. Louis City because I think now we can look at them. We could say they've weathered the storm of the losses. They've won big matches. They've lost and they've come back and won a big match. And now let's see what they can do the rest of the season. They have not played LAFC yet, and their only other match against the other top side Seattle or, or uh, only other match against a top side in the West was against um, Seattle and they lost that three, nothing. They also lost to Minnesota one, nothing, but I they still won in Portland two one, they, they won in Portland two one. They won in Austin three to two. Um, I think we could say that this one was not about luck. This was, this was a dominant performance by St. Louis city and it was, you know, they deserve it. And they, they're legit. And I think also credit to the fans in this one as well, because they stuck around. Yeah. There was still 20,000 people rocking that stadium at 10 PM. Um, well, 9 PM over there when that game started, there was still, there was still 20,000 people rocking that stadium and they got exactly what they wanted when they came there. So really good stuff from St. Louis on the Cincinnati end of things. I do have a question for you. And let's – Brenner is now moving the, – the, the reports are Brenner. The, the agreement between Udinese and Cincinnati is complete. The, the deal will be done sooner rather than later. He will move in the summer. Yeah. Um, the, it's it's a move that is expected to be in the top 10 of most expensive outbound transfers, which mean, will mean double digits because the most least expensive is 9.5 mil in the current top 10. Um, so my question to you is – you know, this is a Cincinnati team that's still struggling to score goals. We've talked about Brandon Vasquez already. Is the pressure of being the number one guy at Cincinnati 
everybody now looking to him to go and then be the number one guy for the U.S. men's national team. Is the pressure of that getting to Brandon Vasquez? What is wrong with Brandon Vasquez right now? If it's not getting to him, it might soon be. Um, But if you ask him, this is the moment he's been waiting for. This is the moment when you're a guy, an elite athlete, and the spotlight shines on you. This is why why you play the game. This is why you want to be the best. No one says, hey, I want to be, you know, a mediocre guy in Portland or I want to be, you know, middle of the middle of the road in any professional team at any level. Brandon Vasquez has aspirations to be the number one guy in USA, be that number nine. He wants to be the guy to take Cincinnati to the promised land. And right now he's going to get his opportunity. It's a little concerning because he's been struggling so far this season up until this moment. You'd like him to be more, you know, snowballing into momentum, into something better so that he can really take this moment and, you know, and carry it on. But at the end of the day, if you ask him, he's going to tell you, I'm, I'm ready. I wanted this. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I'm going to do this. I'm ready for it. I don't think he's going to shy away from it. I just, I do, I am a little concerned at where we were and where we where we're coming from. But it, it, we won't know. It's, it's, it, we're, we're, we're just outside that cusp of, of knowing exactly like, hey, is he handling yeah. it? Is he going to be able to pull this off? I mean, he's 24 years old only, man. He's, he's still a young guy with a lot of aspirations. Um, but yeah, one goal, one assist so far in MLS this season. Um, yeah, it, that's not what you want to see going into it. Going into it, you're going to turn over all your goal scoring, you know, expectations to, to this guy. He's got one goal and an assist. Okay. Yeah. But you're still sitting in a good spot if you're Cincinnati. You're still, um, top, top four in the East or number two in the East, actually. All right. Well, tied for first, actually. My, my apologies. They're actually even better than I thought. So I think they'll be okay. I like him. I, there's something about his personality. I think he has the right mental fortitude and the right attitude about these things. Like when he was talking to Lizzie about um, not being called by a Mexican team, he was just like, Hey, this is the team that wants me. This is who I'm going to go with. You know, I'm USA. Like he, he understands what's in front of him. And I, and I, and I, and I'm cheering for the guy. I'm, I'm legit cheering for the guy. I want him to succeed. I want Cincinnati to do well. And I want Brandon Vasquez to do well, but I think we're right on the cusp of, of, of learning, but I don't think he's going to shy away from it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's, I want him to, as a Usman's national team fan, I want him to succeed as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, you need to see, a, we need to see a product on the field. And, and you know, it will be eight games in now. I think he could have gotten off to a better start. But like you said, it might be a little too early to tell right now. I think, I think maybe it's getting to him a little bit. Just the pressure of yeah. trying, you know, he had the good season. And now the pressure of trying to replicate that season, the second replicating the season is always harder than actually the first season. Yeah. Cause you know, you come onto the stage, it's easy. Everybody's just like, Oh wow. He's scoring a lot of goals. This is great. But now a second season, everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows yeah. you know, they're, they're you. doing work yeah. on you. There's tape on you. So I think a little bit that's getting to him. And now we have to see how he adapts to it because that's going to be a big factor because you know, this MLS, you know, I love MLS, but, Playing in MLS, playing in MLS, and against St. Louis City, and playing for the U.S. Men's National Team against England are two completely different things. Yeah. And wanting to play in the Premier League is are two completely different things. And you, if you want to continue, you know, I think that's the other thing is there were links of him going abroad. 
yeah. this this uh, off season, and they didn't happen. And I think maybe that might also be in the back of his head as well. It's just he's you know, young too. Want, he's you know, yeah, it's I okay to feel like that. And I want to be good enough to play over there, and I want a deal to get done. And he's put he's probably got a lot of pressure on himself right now. No pressure that he probably hasn't felt for a large majority of his career. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think there is a little bit of pressure there, and I think it might be getting to him a little bit. But now it's time to see if he can adapt to it. The next probably I think we'll know the biggest thing about the biggest when we'll find out the most about Brandon Brandon Vasquez is when Brenner leaves in July. When yeah. Brenner leaves in July, can Brandon Vasquez be the guy, the only guy for that Cincinnati attack yeah. minus Lucho Costa, who is basically the creator. So that will be the uh that will I, be the I agree. In July, we'll definitely know, but I think we're going to get a, a little taste of it now because looking at the schedule, looking ahead here, Cincinnati's home against Portland this week, right? Then they have a Wednesday match against Louisville City in the U.S. Open Cup. Then they travel to New England to take on a battle of the top two in the East. And then D.C. United comes in, who's hot right now. D.C. United's playing a lot better. DC United is going to come in after that, and then they'll have their their next. They'll have three straight home games. Actually, they have DC United, Montreal, which is you know unfortunately not. They're wishing it was twenty twenty two again. It's not a good time to be Montreal and uh, Columbus. So you you got teams up there in in the East. You got the matchup against Portland. You got one easy game there, really, against Montreal. That's it. Then you got five hard games and throw in an Open Cup game. Um, we'll see. You're, he's he's going to be challenged, and he's going to be asked to step into it a lot. And if he gets through this little gauntlet of games here, then I think come July it'll be a little even easier for him. And I think it's only going to help him. But got to get through these next games. This will be very telling. But we're all cheering for him. We all we want that number nine savior in the USA shirt to to start you know showing himself. And I'm hoping it's him for sure. For sure. Now, I mean, we've talked, we've, we've kind of exhausted MLS at this point. We talked to you yeah. Let's go. We do need a, you know, we're running a little long here. So we do need a little bit, uh, need to talk a little bit of league MX and NWSL. So we'll run through that. Just a couple things real quick. It was a big weekend in league MX. There was a lot of upsets, a lot of good games, a lot of red cards. Um, most notably in my personal opinion, club America beat Cruz Azul, which was very disappointing. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Ooh. You know, this is the good part about Lizzie not being here because <laughs> this would have been rubbed in my face for 15 minutes. So it's a good thing that Lizzie's not here. No, um, but um, but uh, yeah, Cruz Azul had the lead in this one. Red got a red card. The second half was you know dominated by Club America. They win the match three one, which is a very important thing to note because there was a lot of upsets all around the league this week. Um, Monterey, who has been the best team in the league yeah. by far all season, lost to Santos Laguna 2-1. to one. That's their second loss in a row now. Their, their lead at the top of the table dwindles to just four points over Club America. Um, Funes Mori picked up a red card in this match, which means he'll miss the next match against Mazatlan. Um, and there's only, like I said, there's only, they're only four points up on on Club America. Toluca also lost to Pumas. Three to one, which is the team that Monterey have to play after they play Mazatlan in the final game of the season. The win put Pumas in a playoff spot, yeah. um, and now they have two games to remain there. Again, their last game is against Monterey. Pachuca falter again; they lose to Atlas four to one. Um, and then not much of an upset, but Chivas did be, beat Leon to nothing. 
Um, a big win for them. And then um, Queretaro 0-0 tie with Tigres, which is their fifth match in a row that they failed to win. Um, that's basically the wrap-up of all the scores. But as we go through, this is that was week 15. We have two weeks left. As we look at the table in League MX, like I said, Monterey is four points up on Club America. They're also only six points up on Toluca. Toluca. Which is important to note because this could come down to goal differential in Mm. the end. And it could be goal differential with Club America or it could be goal differential with Toluca. And if Monterey loses the next two games, Toluca wins the next two games and Club America is either wins both games or wins a game and ties a game. It's possible that they're all tied at the top with 34 points. Yeah, and interesting. Toluca's tied at the top, and Toluca and um, Monterey are tied for sec- tied for second. It'll come down to goal differential, and in that case, the, there's not much separating them. No, no, no. I'm so looking at this table, and it's, wins, it's it's a lot closer than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> if those two teams get wins, um, and and Mo- um, and Monterey loses, there's a really good there's a chance. That if Monterey loses the next two games, they can find themselves in third place going into the playoffs, as Oof. opposed to first place when they've been dominating for weeks on end. That'd be My one. My question to you, as laps. we talk about this as a whole, is there any? I mean, we talked about this last week, but it seems like a much more real possibility now. Is there any realistic possibility you could see Monterey failing to win Liga MX in the the Class Soda uh, this season? Can it happen? Yes. Will it happen? No. Percentage likely 3.7% possibility right now. I'll give it that. If you want a number, 3.7% that it could happen for Monterey. Uh, this would be a monumental collapse like that of, of, of this. I, I can't even compare it to any other collapse. I don't know if I've recalled anything. This team was 11-1-1 two weeks ago. Right, dominating through everybody, and now they're eleven, one, and three, back to back losses. I don't see how that can be stretched to four losses, barring some horrific injury, some catastrophic collapse. It, it, no, I, I, I don't see it. Where I think the real battle is going to be is going to be Toluca and America, and Club America battling for that second place, and you know, a little better seating in the playoffs. I'm assuming so. Um, Monterey. Man, if if they if they if they were at, if they were sitting at four losses right now, which would take away three points, which would have them at thirty-one points, then then we would really have an interesting. But two games with four, two games to go, four points up is usually you're good. You're you're gonna be fine. So, I, I would agree with you. I think that Monterey should be fine. It would be a monumental collapse. If they do lose, or if they do lose this lead, they can wrap it up this week with a win against Mazatlan. That's all they need to do. All they need to do is beat Mazatlan, and they have wrapped up the top spot. The worst the team in the league. Uh, the worst team in the league, yes. Um, the word, they, they have to beat them. But if they don't, I think it, there's a big pro- The fact that they don't have Funes Mori for the next match is, is a problem. That okay. is their leading goal scorer. That's a problem. So that's already a mark against them. 
Club America and Tuluka have relatively easy schedules. Club America will play Pumas and will play Juarez, and Tuluka will play Juarez and Nacaxa. Um, and of those teams, just Pumas is in the um, is is in a playoff spot right now. So again, Monterey has to play the worst team in the league and has to play Pumas. But I would not want to play Pumas in the last game of the season, needing a result. When Pumas also needs three points to make yeah. the playoffs. So I... <laughs> this week is a really, really big week because I genuinely think I think if Mazatlan beats Monterey this week or t- even ties Monterey this week and Club America wins this week, I think Club America wins the Clausura regular wow. season playoffs, a regular season title. And will then be the number one seed going into the playoffs. Hold on, let me let me see. I feel like That's I'm my I'm, personal opinion. I feel like I'm freaking out way too much for a team that has no chance whatsoever. All right, Mazatlan last uh, season, the Apertura, they were horrific, three, eight, and six. We're not any good. This season, the, uh, the Clausura, two, one, and twelve. No, no, I'm not gonna get worried. I'm not. I'm not even gonna begin to 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 insert some weird collapse fear for Monterey. And I'm not even a Monterey fan. <laughs> uh, I, I was, you know, Pachuca's my squad, but it, no, man, Monterey. Like, dude, if they lose, then they deserve to lose. If they lose or they don't get a point, or or they get, or they even if they draw against uh, Mazatlan, then they deserve to lose. And I'm gonna be. Then you know what? Um, I, I might be cheering hard for Club America and Toluca to pull it off. I, I would want to see chaos. I don't have I mean, any ultimate chaos. Yeah. Best case scenario for those who are not Club America, Monterey, Toluca fans is Monterey loses the next two matches. Club America wins and ties, and Toluca wins two matches, and they're all tied at thirty-four points at the top. Lovely. And then it comes down to a sick goal differential. Yes, uh, goal differential. A tiebreaker, and and just for those who are wondering, the goal differential right now: Monterey is at plus sixteen, a Club America is at plus fourteen, Toluca is at plus twelve. Yeah. Chivas is also tied at twenty eight points with Toluca, but it's unrealistic that they will be able to make up the ground because they only have plus six goal differential. Yeah, them making up that ground would be near impossible. So I mean, they'd have to have some um, some St. Louis City games here, you know, some five nothings yeah, here back to back. They'd have to rip apart the teams that they play, and they play Cruz Azul, and then they play Mazatlan. So oh, we can't have that. Uh, those, can't those are the two teams that they have left on on the schedule. <laughs> so they'd have to have a they'd have to have a real miracle to win it. Um, but yeah, I you know I I think I do think I, Club America just needs. I mean, it all depends on what Club America does, really, because a tie gets you through. If um, you're a or if you're um, Monterey, um, but you won't have that luxury going into that match because you play on Friday and Club America plays on Saturday, yep. so it's not going to matter. So you go into that match and you say we need to win this match because the win secures you the um, secures you the title. But a tie and you're sitting there sweating the Club America <laughs> match because a tie could get them through if Club America happens to lose. But this is going to be an exciting finish. I think just more exciting than anybody expected. I mean, for weeks we've been saying Monterey is going to win this one. And and it was going to be by landslide. They haven't looked bad at all. Well, and and here they are looking like they might. They're, they're on the brink of collapse. They're not there. 
but they're kind of teetering a little bit. Well, let's let's looking looking here. The game's going to be Friday, April twenty first, nine p.m. on VIX eh, Deportes Tres and Two DN. It's going to be there. So tune in nine p.m. Wear some purple. Looks like that's Mazatlan's colors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. Hey, what can happen? We don't know, but let's, let's, why not? Let's just, let's go for chaos, man. Let's go for, let's just blow the whole system up. A little anarchy. I'm down for it, man. Why not? Yeah, I would love it. I would love it. It would be awesome. It would lead into, lean into everything that Lizzie has ever said about chaos and League MX. <laughs> it would be amazing. That'd be a great first season for you too, to have been following it all season and then have this ending like, whoa, what the And heck? we get the playoffs after that? Yeah. Come on. It would be great. It would be awesome. Um, and then let's move on. We, you know, we talked about Liga Max. Let's move on now to NWSL. Uh, the NWSL has been going on for a few weeks now. Uh, they've completed three matches. The table uh, looks as looks like this. Portland leads with seven points. They're tied with Washington Spirit on seven points, but lead them on goal differential. Um, and then the round out of the playoff spots is San Diego, the All Rain. Gotham FC, who's had a very awesome start to the season after their um, not-so-great not campaign last season. Um, and then Houston Dash round out the top six. There was chaos all over the league. <laughs> Talk about a league of Mexicans. There was chaos all over the league in NWSL as well. NWSL actually had broadcasting problems as well. They didn't see the first 40 minutes of the Gotham City match, but that didn't matter yeah. for the Gotham match because that didn't matter. Because Gotham scored both their goals in the 10th minute and the 17th minute of stoppage time to beat Orlando to nothing. Those nice. are the latest goals. The 10th, my throat is <laughs> talking so much here. The 10th minute, uh, the 10th minute stoppage time goal was the latest in NWSL history. And then the 17th minute, then top that 10th minute one to be the latest in NWSL history. So two extremely late goals in that one. And then Angel City roared back from two down to get um, a point um, against Racing Louisville. So a lot of excitement um, since we've talked. Mallory Swanson has suffered a major injury for Chicago Red Stars. So that's a a, a big loss for them. Um, But at the same time, Chicago did get a 4-2 win this weekend against the Kansas City side, who many were expecting to be very good again this season. Um, with all of that said, <laughs> that with, you know, we are still early in the NWCL season, but Challenge Cup starts this week. Um, Challenge Cup starts this week, and with that comes new rules and a new Challenge Cup. Um, so uh, let me just explain that a little bit. We All 12 teams will participate. Ten of the 12 start tonight um, in their matchups tonight. There's a new format with the tournament being played fully in the regular season. At times, it was a preseason tournament, stuff like that. Um, now will be played fully during the regular season. The tournament split into three groups of four teams each. Uh, six game, it's a six game double ra- double round robin. So each team will play each other um, two times. So they'll play the okay. other three teams two times. The top team from each group will advance, and then the best second place finisher will advance to the semifinals. Semifinals will be single elimination. They'll take place on September sixth, and the final takes place on September 9th. There's no extra time, just straight to penalties um, if the semis or the final are at a draw at the end of regulation. And finally, it'll be a $1 million prize pool, which will match up about equally with what the MLS's back preseason or COVID tournament was 
when the mm-hmm. MLS had that tournament. So with that said, knowing all that, hmm. knowing everything you know about the MLS <laughs> right now, Edwin, your thoughts on 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 the Challenge Cup and, and your predictions. Do you have a winner for this year's Challenge Cup? Uh, overall, I think the Cup idea is great. I'm all for it. Any type of excitement, interest that you can generate into your league is a plus, especially for a growing league. As much as, you know, NWSL has grown, it's still growing. I know they, they got added into FIFA. They're getting a lot more pub, uh, publicity. A lot of these European teams or players are starting to look at it as a destination. Um, I, I, I like it. I'm all for that. Now, if it doesn't work, then you know, I'm also all for scrapping it and trying to do something else or, you know, changing it. So I'm, I'm very flexible when it comes to that, but uh, I wish it success. But as far as a team, I mean, you got to go with a a team like Portland. The Thorns always are going to be someone that, uh, that's going to challenge that, you know, defending champions. They're, they got a loaded roster. You, you know what you're going to get with Portland. They got San Diego. They're at San Diego wave FC tonight. 10 p.m. Uh, I like Casey Curran. I like the girl who did the the twerk celebration that she pulled the hammy last season and then she went that 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 that. I'm I'm all for that. I, I her name escapes me. Let me see if I can pull it up right here. But she yeah she won my vote. I thought that was uh good. Maybe a Casey Curran fan just on that alone. So that's that's who I got maybe going for. Yeah, I think you know. I, I I'm debating here because I want to pick San Diego Wave, but they have a they're gonna have to be they they gotta they're they're gonna have to if they have to deal with Portland that's gonna be a, a difficult matchup for for them. Um, meanwhile, Kansas City sits with Houston. Kansas City hasn't been great this season. A lot of people have predicted them to win. You know what? I got my team. Yeah, I think I have my team. What's your team? I think I am going to go. Despite their shaky start to the season, I am going to go with uh, Angel City. Oh, That's what I'm going with this season. I think you know, uh, you know, a, a new a new side. They're they're looking to make a name for themselves. LA. I'm going with the LA theme that we have here. The LAFC is on fire right now. <laughs> Angel City is going to be on fire too. I like them. I, I think that they can benefit from the uh, situation. They're in, um, and I think it would be, uh, I think it's going to be, um, I, I think they'll, they'll make a little bit of a run. It may not be because it's a little bit broken up. All the games will take place from um, mainly from June to like the end of July. Yeah. You'll get a little bit, a few players that'll leave for um, the World Cup. And Angel City doesn't have a ton of like World Cup level players, I don't think, on their team or, or players that have been called up by the U.S. Men's National Team a ton on their mm-hmm. team. So I think that might be able to play into their favor. So I'm going to go with Angel City. I'm going to go with a little bit of the underdog. Okay. I want to go San Diego Wave, but being in the same pool as um as Portland is tough. That's going to be a tough one. And if you're the second if you're if Portland happens to be the best team in that division yeah. and you happen to be the second best team in the second uh, or the best second place team, you're going to have to play Portland again. It's just it's not a good recipe for success in in a tournament like this. Yeah. So I'm going with Angel City, and that is going to be my my call. I'm going to change my pick. 
I'm going full KC. Her name's Lo, 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 Labanta. Labanta. I'm just going to go with the last name. Uh, it's L-O apostrophe E-A-U. I'm horrible at pronunciation of names. That's her first name. Lo, I might be Labanta. wrong too in this because I, I the, the tables are not popping up for me. So I have to figure out what exactly. Oh, I have the tables. Or I, or I have um, the tables here for the group. Yeah. So yeah, I have to figure out the, the, the NWCL table because they're not popping up on FOTMOB. But if Angel City is not in the same group as everybody else, then that's who I'm picking. If, if, <laughs> if they are, then, well, uh, I, I'm going to go. I Angel think... City, it says here Angel City is with Portland, San Diego, and Oil Rain. That's what I'm saying. Okay, seeing. yeah. So we're going to switch our pick then because I thought I was, I thought they were in a different, uh, <laughs> in a different, in a different league. So, okay. So now looking through it, I'm not picking, I'm not picking Portland because I won't pick the same as you. But uh, no, 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 I changed it. I changed it. You can have Portland. I'll give you Portland. I'm all in. KC Current, baby. Labonta. I'm twerking all the way to the finals. <laughs> if they when they win it, I will do a twerk video and post it on. I will do the twerk celebration. I'll go out to to the pitch and I love the fact that it was a fake hammy. Out, out, out penalty. Out, out, and then bam, bam, bam. Like love it. That was great. I'm all for yeah, it. I think you know what I, I'll. Man, it is hard. It, it, it it's gonna be a hard one. But I'll if you're not gonna take Portland, I'll take Portland. That'll be my team. Yeah. I love Portland. I, I mean, obviously, don't love everything that's happened with Portland over the the past year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the reports that have come out. That's obviously, um, you know, n- they got never, some black eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never a great thing. But I do love the players that they have on that team. Sam Coffey. They have um, Sophia Smith, Crystal Dunn. I think. Um, just they have some really like they have some ballers on their team mm-hmm. so that's who i'm I, I i love portland so i'm gonna go with them i think they uh i think they go out there i think they do the domestic double they they Ooh. win the nwsl and they win the uh the challenge cup so that's my nice, uh nice that's my uh, i gotta get me that casey current number 10 jersey for labanta that's my girl man <laughs> i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm pronouncing your name if i'm not uh, my apologies but yeah i'm all for it I'm uh I, I'm very suckered into like advertisements and like funny things that'll get me drawn in or or like viral things. So once I saw that celebration last season, I was like, yo. And I, what I loved is that everybody's copied it. She was the OG. Everybody's copied it. I've seen it in the NFL and yes. other leagues and other sports. No, no, no. That's the OG. Give it to her. So KC current for the Challenge Cup prediction pick. So we'll see. There we go. I like it. I like it. All right. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this thing up? I think we're all good. I think we hit every single thing you could possibly hit on. Every single thing. See, this is the problem with Lizzie. It's a little quicker episodes with me. I tend to ramble. I apologize <laughs> in advance, but you know, we'll we'll work on the length here. We'll make it a little better and quicker. But uh, but yeah, no. Hey, thanks again. I'm looking forward to continuing to producing and uh, making uh, great great podcast here every week, week in and week out, and also growing and having some guests on here. We're gonna keep. Keep making this a destination for people and a destination for people to listen to and watch. So let's uh, let's have a great rest of the week, everybody. Yeah, thank you guys as always. Make sure you follow the accounts; they're below. Um, we also are on TikTok. Um, yeah. we obviously, YouTube where you're watching us. So make sure you follow all the accounts. Check out the 90min.com US page um, for all the content that we have putting out there uh, with Lizzie and 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 everything that's just going out on that page. Uh, We appreciate the support, and we will talk to you guys next time. Peace. Adios.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.